Hey, hey, hey! It's me again. Uh, I'm your host, Josh Burton. Of course, you're listening to a new episode of Everything College Basketball Podcast. Like I said, I'm Josh Burton. You should know by now. And of course, with me, again, once again, is my uh, glorious good brother, Peyton J. Burton. What's going on, guys? Yep, I'm glorious, and I'm back for episode five of Everything College Basketball Podcast. What's going on? God, five episodes already. That's Hell yeah, five time. Five time. Yeah, five that, time, baby. That's that's wild, ain't it? Hell yeah, just like yes, it feels like yesterday we just started this whole thing. Yeah, it, it really does. <laughs> moving quick, um, moving quick. We got some stuff to talk about, and uh, as always, it's going to be another action-packed show. Um, this one might be a little shorter than normal. I don't know if we'll go two hours or an hour and a half, but it nonetheless, it's going to be another good one, and it's going to be lots of stuff to cover, a lot of stuff to talk about. Yep. Uh, we do have a special treat for you. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, did the Road Diaries, debut of the Road Diaries, myself and member Tim Foster. Um, people seem to really like that, and so back by popular demand, we've got another another fresh Road Diaries, this time, this time on the way home from Louisville. This time, uh, we recorded this yesterday on the way home in the car, Peyton and myself um, came home from the Louisville-Kentucky game. You know, we won't get into that here, but... Uh, you know, that Louisville-Kentucky game, man. Forget the outcome. Uh, we talked about a lot in that. Just the atmosphere, the the electricity in the air. So it's a good conversation. I think you guys will like that here in a minute. Yeah, Low Dives was fun to listen to when you guys went to the Kentucky-Utah game. Uh, I listened to it on my PlayStation while playing Fortnite. Uh, very entertaining, very knowledgeable. But, yeah, it's fun to do. So, yeah. Yeah, it... it it's it's a different it's just a change of pace you know what I'm saying it gives you that live reactionary feel as opposed to you know it, it's a, a the way I feel about road diaries or a, a means to an end like that is we literally do it after the ball game on the way back and it's just like you would sitting in your living room or wherever you watch ball games at or you're sitting at live at a ball game and you just look to your neighbor your friend your 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 wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, and you look at them and you talk and discuss the basketball game. That's what Road Diaries is. It's just basically talking about what ha- you what you just seen and everything surrounding it while it's still fresh on your mind. Yeah, it's basically just your everyday life like you're recording. Can't even speak right now. But, um, yeah, just your everyday game. After the game, you talk to your friends. Like, every time after the game, me and my brother would talk. The only thing different is you're just recording and putting it on so as your fans can listen to. Like, it was just a lot of fun to do, a lot of fun to listen to when you guys did it. Uh, loved the stories you guys told, and we tried to do the same thing here. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, like I said, we'll get that here in just a second. Um, real quick, just to kind of wrap up this open and... All that, um, again, I hope you guys all had a good Christmas. Last week we'd already told you Merry Christmas all that, but just kind of reiterating the fact, um, you know, coming off the holidays and uh, all that, I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. And as we move forward towards the new year here, I hope it's a, a good ending to 2018 and uh, maybe you have a, a proper start to 2019 going in. Um, and only people who are uh, Conor McGregor fans or M- MMA fans might understand that. But uh, hey, nonetheless, we've we've rambled on already for about four minutes here. Let's get straight into road diaries from yesterday. We'll catch you on the other side. Hey everyone, so we're on our way back. 
We are currently 65 heading northbound towards Indianapolis, heading back home from the game. Guys, what a game, Peyton. What a game. If I if I didn't say Peyton's here with me, obviously. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Hope you guys had a big Christmas and all that. Um, so, yeah. Um, you know, let's first just start off. What an experience. When, when We knew coming down, win or lose, you know, it's going to be a, a fun bucket list type thing but we really didn't know until we got there and got around everybody it wasn't until then that everything really sunk in I mean what an experience yeah it was a lot of fun even though my team lost unfortunately it's still a lot of fun to see them play I never thought at my first game seeing Louisville play to be against Kentucky in a high profile rivalry to one of the top two rivalries in the nation uh yeah and not being on the short end of the stick this time but it's all right long season so we'll be fine but hell of an experience like you said i had a lot of fun win or lose or draw it doesn't matter to be there with you my brother to hang out and do this or another this in a while so it was a lot of fun just being there doing live videos the people i can say this the people that I met were awesome they weren't assholes or rude or anything like that so had a lot of fun yeah, and it really was nice because on both sides, Kentucky fans, Louisville fans, like, at least in our experience, I can't say for everybody, but our experience was super nice. It's funny, too, because it didn't take long for us because I've got, you know, I know this is audio, so let me paint a picture. I've got a blue Kentucky hoodie on, and Peyton's got a red Kentucky hoodie on. So, wait, 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 wait. I ain't got no Kentucky hoodie. Or, sorry, red Louisville hoodie, my bad. I'm, whatever. A red Louisville hoodie. And, um, yeah, red Kentucky wouldn't make sense anyways. Wouldn't yeah. look right. A red Louisville hoodie. And, uh, man, we parked. First of all, I parked like 10 blocks away on accident. But it ended up working out in the long run. It ended yeah. up working out in the long run. But we just, you know, we walked. We walked Louisville and got to see. There's a lot in downtown Louisville. If you've never been there, there's a lot to see and a lot to kind of go do. And we just decided to walk. It was cold, but it was a nice day other than that. And, uh. We didn't take long. It took maybe 15 minutes or less, and there was a lot of blue, and there's a lot of red, a uh, mixture of both fans. And the funniest thing is we were walking. We were close by the Yum Center, and we was walking by these two sets of older Kentucky guys, and one looked at us, and then I caught him <laughs> out of the corner of my eye doing a double take, and he kind of looked. He looked at my hoodie. He looked at Peyton's hoodie and kind of just smiled and laughed. And I thought, I told Peyton, I said, look, that's the first of many, probably. And as we actually, we got into the building, and there was quite a few, like, couples, and I don't know if they're brothers, like, siblings, and, you know, whatever, that were together, one being Louisville, one being Kentucky. I actually seen more of that than I maybe expected. Yeah, we ended up interviewing one person, if you seen that. Like, one, one couple. Of, yeah, one, one couple. couple. Uh, if you seen one of our live videos we did, as soon as we got to the building, we interviewed someone, a couple. And it was cool. They was like, hell yeah, let's do it. It was very fun. It was nice to do. The guy was a Louisville fan. The girl was a Kentucky fan, I believe. Yep. Um, yeah, husband and wife. Yeah, husband and wife. So they was nice. All the people I've met down there was very nice. People right beside me was from New Albany. Uh, one was a Louisville fan. One was an Indiana fan. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun being in that atmosphere, being in a big-time rivalry. It was super, super-duper fun. I had, 
I can't say how much fun I had because it's impossible. Because I had so much damn fun. Yeah, and it, again, it kind of goes all back to the surreal moment. <laughs> I've been blessed in my life already to see the cats play, but I've always seen them play at home. This was the first time I got to see them play on the road, and no less, I got to see them play the Louisville Cardinals. And let me give a shout-out to the Louisville, first of all. I know this isn't a shout-out segment. Shout-out. Yeah, I know it's not the shout-out segment, but... Like, Louisville, the Yum Center, for those who have not been here, meet, or met every one of my expectations from people who have been there previous that told me about it, and some. It's one of the more nicer college, not, okay, forget that. It's one of the more nicer basketball arenas I've ever been to, pro or college. It's modernized. It has three levels. Like, everything's top-notch. Um... Louisville, we actually ended up finding out afterwards who walking around has some cool stuff for like their Hall of Fame inductees, like a little interactive skit. Yeah. Like the Yum Center is top notch. Yeah, it's know. very and like the seats, we sat all the way up to the top pretty much on section in section three twenty eight. If I can spit it out, and normally up there in like what you'd call the nosebleed seats are just kind of like the hardback seats and all that. Those had like the almost theater type seats, like the cushiony seats. I never once my back or my butt or my neck or nothing never hurt like Louisville the food there I mean we can go on another topic some other day about sporting event food prices but they are they're the normal you know like you pay eight dollars for a beer but like their food portions are really nice like they have meal deals they're I got these like potato skins things that were loaded and I couldn't even finish them and I'm a big dude and a big eater like and they were, for the price they were, and as much as they gave me, yo, those were off the hook. Yeah. Uh, before I go on, I do want to say this. If I sound stopped up right now, or if I'm coughing all right, it's because I've been sick. So, I'm recovering for that. Just want to get that out of there. But, yeah, man, what an experience. To be in that amazing rivalry, be in the Young Center. I've always been past it. I've always went by it. Never, ever been in the building. Never even not for anything, not for a concert, a basketball game, anything. I've been to Freedom Hall once, but um, not for a game, just for experience. But I would, you shouted out Louisville fans, and I got to shout them out too. When Kentucky, because obviously Kentucky's, they're known for traveling well and bringing all the Kentucky, all the BBN. And today, to, and today uh, was not. And today was no different. We today did travel was no well. Different. Hell, I made a joke when me and Josh was walking down the streets. He kept saying, "There's a lot of blue," and I was like, "Yeah, because Louisville's we'll sleeping right now. We'll be there in the building here later once the game starts." So we got to laugh at that. But um, yeah, once everything got settled down, like the intro they did, like with the lights going down, and like the if you guys didn't watch the game, uh, the neon lights and shit like that, where he's announcing people. Uh, was crazy. Like, I was so excited. I was yelling at the halftime. My voice was almost gone. The halftime we put in, my voice was almost gone. I barely talked. I had a lot of fun. From, but what I was saying for Louisville fans, Kentucky fans, obviously known for traveling well, they was coming in. So ch- anytime they chanted, like, uh, Go Big Blue or C A T S, Cats, 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 we either boo them out of the building or we started our own chant. And we was always louder than them. And that was a very, very well, I, well done. And, um, I'm, I'm proud to be a Louisville fan, win, lose, or draw. I'll always love Louisville until the day I die. Louisville first, cards forever, all of that. Uh, yeah. We're talking about the game here in a little bit. Yeah, but. and and on that too, like I will, sh- like 
every time that we started to do you know and there was pockets you just seen pockets there was a ton of red but you seen pockets of blue and every time you would hear a go big blue or a oh, c a t s cat it was instantly met with boo or a cards chant and louisville did all they could like their fans brought it today and it made it fun from the word go, from the time we got there, I kept saying the building was electric, and it really, you could feel it. You could feel the excitement. You could feel the tension, and there was nothing a better start for Louisville. After all that, uh, Sutton hits a three to start, not sorry, Sutton, Perry. Perry hits a three, and then the crowd goes, ah! And, man, every they're early on before the game kind of got away from Louisville. Every time that, you know, Kentucky hits a shot, you'd hear all of us go, Woo! God, yeah! And then every time Louisville would hit her a shot, then you'd hear the Louisville fans scream. What? It was so fun. Like, words don't even do it justice. Yeah. Video doesn't do it justice. A rivalry like that, whether it be Kentucky-Louisville, Duke-Carolina, Indiana-Purdue, those are games you have to be there in person to fully appreciate them. Yeah, if you won that, that game, you wouldn't be able to experience what we experienced. It was so damn fun. I know I've said that like a bunch already, but you just cannot say it too many times because it was so damn fun to be in that building, to be in that atmosphere for a big time rivalry like that. My first game, my first game seeing my team play, it's against our biggest and hated rival, Kentucky, of all teams. Like I went against Moorhead State or Murray State or Delaware State or any kind of states. Uh, it's a big time program in Kentucky, our biggest rival. So much fun. Yeah. So we'll get to it after the game, but let's go ahead and start talking about the game a little bit. Um, you know, I had mentioned my keys to the game previous on a video on the way down here that's currently up on the site. You can check that out. Or on the group, I should I say. Um, you know, Kentucky, man, they came out. Came out ready to play. It wasn't a great game from P.J. Washington or Reed Travis. They weren't bad, but they weren't great. But, man, the one thing that we did do well and the reason we're a top three rebounding team in the nation is we dom. And I think the rebounds actually ended up even overall. Yeah, or maybe even Louisville won by it. It was real close. It was within one or two. But offensive rebounds, we just killed Louisville on the glass. Offensive glass. We had a possession where we got three straight opportunities because we had missed, get an offensive rebound, miss, get an offensive board, miss, get an offensive board, and we finally hit a three on them. Um, that's another thing. Three-point shooting. It wasn't the greatest today, but I think overall we hit like seven of them. You, you give us seven threes in a game, we're going to be all right. And we didn't get to the foul line that much. Uh, you know. And then Tyler Hero. How about Tyler Hero? He finally came out of his shell today. I mean, he played well against North Carolina, but today he was the difference maker overall. Um, as far as scoring the basketball, that really put a dagger in Louisville. He was hitting shots. He was aggressive. You could see it in warm-ups. He was coming out aggressive. And then to start the game, he had a couple shots. But more importantly, he was diving on the ball for loose. He was diving on the floor for loose balls, should I say. He was active defensively, digging down in the post. He did make some stupid mistakes, but I'll take some stupid mistakes from a freshman that's going to play that hard on defense and that hard on offense and pretty much lead us on offense. I think he ended up with 20-some today. Uh, man, if that's a Tyler Hero we get going. Like I said last week about Ashton Hagens, and I'll get to him in a second. If that's that Tyler Hero we're getting from the rest of the way, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this Kentucky team is on another level. And speaking of real quick, Ashton Hagens, stat line's not going to show he was as great as last week. But he definitely changed the game. Like, just his defensive pressure. He may not end up with a bunch of steals, but him guarding the ball 
and putting pressure on Cunningham and Perry and those guys. And they're late. He had like six straight points just attacking the rim. He looked more aggressive offensively today. I'm telling you, this Kentucky team, that makes it three in a row now since uh, Quad A left. And we've looked we've looked pretty – I'm not going to say dominant, but we've looked pretty damn good these last three. If I was the rest of the nation, I'd probably start waking up because I think the Cats are on their way back. I mean, I'd say so myself. Two big wins against Carolina and Louisville. At Louisville, too, is helps you with momentum. But, I mean, what can you say? Tyler Hero is a difference maker in that game. Um, I don't know if I said this in the Old Moose on the way down here for one of my live videos on pregame one. I don't know if I said this, but I definitely said it before the game to Josh. I was like, you still got to watch out for Tyler Hero, man. Even if he's struggling that night, you still got to watch out for him. And of course, the asshole had to drop 24 points on us. Well, that one he was, I, yeah, I think it was. It was something close. He had like 20 points. It was definitely over 20. I don't know the final stat line, but it was definitely over 20. Yeah, of course, big time rule, a big time rivalry game. He has to come out and drop that. Why couldn't you do like against Duke or Seat Hall? Of course, he has to do it with my team. He, I'm going to be, uh, I don't like him now. But, um, yeah. Louisville's problem just couldn't hit shots, man. We hit like four three. We had ended up like five threes, I believe. And four of them was in the first half. Perry, I think we started off very well, in my opinion. Well, Perry comes down, hits a three. We got three nothing. Uh, Kentucky responds with a three themselves, I believe. And then yeah, Kelly. Perry ended up hitting a shot. And Noah hit a three. Uh, it was like eleven to eight at one point, I believe. But started out well, but shot twenty one percent from three. At one point, like a minute left, I think, uh, he only hit five of them. Just, I sent him the keys to the game. Got hit. Got to take over the ball. Which, honestly, first half we didn't do too good of a job. Second half we did better. Uh, got to take care of the ball. Got to hit shots. Got to rebound. And we did maybe one of those in the second half. That's what we did. We rebounded, but a lot of, like you mentioned, a lot of them was offensive rebounds in Kentucky, like back to back to back, and nobody would box out. They just kept getting fighting for the loose balls. It just flat out, Kentucky played harder than us. They was the better well, team. They showed they was the better team, in my opinion. I don't know if Kentucky, I think you're being well, I, I don't know if Kentucky played harder, because I was actually getting ready to say it. It was nice to see both teams really come out and fight, and they both played hard. It, I think it really just came down to two things. We hit shots, Louisville didn't, and we beat you on the offensive glass. I think if you want to say that, because I've always said rebounding's effort, and if you want to say we had more of it on the offensive glass, that's fair to say. But I think both teams played hard, and the difference was we just hit shots. Some nights it's your night, and some nights it's not, and Louisville just did not, especially in the second half. There was They shot decent in the first half, and we just – played a little better. Second half, they couldn't hit it. I, I said in the group and the game thread, I said, Louisville can't throw it in the Ohio River right now. We're right across the street from it. Yeah. Also, shout out to people who's in that game thread because obviously we was watching the game live, so we couldn't really do much. But, um, yeah. What did you think about Hagen's in person? Hagen's? Because I know you, you're you like me. You love somebody who can, especially a guard, who can really defend. What do you think about him in person for the first time? So, if you never watched me play in high school, middle school, or growing up, or whatever, I've all, you would ask Josh, Tyler Cook, he's on the admin and all that, you would ask them. I've always played myself on being small as I am, 5'5", five 5'6", five five I always played myself 
or defense. That's the first thing I worried about. I didn't really score much on offense. I've always said, I'm going to lock this person down. I'm going to get up in them and make them do something not good at doing or mess up. That's always on part of myself. That's Josh. He'll tell you. He used to coach me. Um, yeah, congrats to him. He's just a dog on defensive end. He'll, like, he'll get up in you. I love that type of player. He'll just get, like I said in that Carolina game, he had an injured ankle at one point, and he was still getting up in Kobe White's ass. Like, or whoever he's got. Yeah, that's Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. Yeah, he's Kobe. still making him frustrated. He did that to Cunningham today. Like, in the offensive end, he didn't do too bad. I mean, at one point we had Ryan McMahon on him, which is a bad matchup in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, congrats to him, man. He did a very good job. I love seeing that. I love seeing people. Now, how tall is he? Hagen's a. I don't want to try. I want to say six one, six two, six three, around there. That's that's pretty good size if you want to be a good defender. No, it really is. That so, really, is. That really is. And he's got long, linky arms, and he just don't stop. He, we early on, I joked with him. This was like two minutes in the ball game, and we had just scored, and Hagen's was picking up Cunningham ninety four feet and turning him. Yeah, man. Congrats to him. He's just a dog in the defensive end, and I can tell he plied himself with defensive end. Um, it was nice to see. To it was nice to see Jamal Baker hit a shot or two. Um, he's starting to get in the rotation. That makes that's another shooter. Like, hey, if Hero's shooting well, Kelvin Kelvin ended up with like 13 points, but he yeah, didn't really play that he well. He hit that one first three, like I said. Was, but like Kelvin's shooting, and then Hero, and then you had Baker. I'm telling you, boys, Quickly's playing well. This Kentucky team's different. And think about, it, like I said, we did it, and Reed Travis and PJ didn't really play great. We got it all from essentially perimeter play. Um, it's, it's a different team. But, again, let me – man, the whole atmosphere, just being there, the, we had nice people sitting next to us. There was plenty of nice Louisville fans. Uh, it was just a great experience, a great great place to be. Louisville's going to be just fine. I've said this. Louisville's, Louisville's going to be fine. They've got – they played a, a tough-ass schedule. They're going to get going to probably the best conference in basketball in the ACC. Um, they start conference play now. Yeah, um, you know, or okay, it's the second best conference if you think Big Ten's best, but you know, Louisville's going to be fine. They've got the marquee win over Michigan State, which is helping them. Seton, Seton Hall's a marquee win right now. It looks like they've played Marquette, they've played Indiana, they've played Kentucky, they've played Tennessee. Tennessee. Louisville's battle tested. They're going to be fine. Uh, you got to do something with VJ King. I finally seen oh. him in person, and he hurt. Like he literally. He got baited. I forget who was guarding him. I wanted to say P.J. Washington backed off him three feet and told him to shoot, and V.J. did and hit the fucking side iron. I cannot tell you how much I dislike V.J. King right now. Oh, my God. You mentioned that, and I'm literally telling Josh, I'm like, do not shoot that ball. Do not shoot that ball. What's he do? He jabs up a couple times and shoots the ball and misses it. Like, what are you And if you And if our audio don't sound the best, I apologize. The road right now on 65, for some reason, is really bumpy, and the tripod's bouncing all around. So if plus, it if it's faded, I'm, I apologize. We're trying to talk louder to make up for it. And plus, we don't have a spot to like pit it down. Josh yeah, there's. Like, I'm holding the tripod this time because I don't really have a spot to put the tripod that's steady. So if it's a little shaky, audio, I do apologize. I'll try to fix it up as much as I can. If so, but I'm hoping it's okay. Yeah, but back to VJ King. I called him out on the first episode of the podcast that you got to do something. He had that one decent game, 11 points against, um, I can't think of who it was. Um, dang it, it's going to piss me off not thinking about it. But what, he had that one good game against a bum team. But he 
he's just uh, he's a junior. I hope he transfers next year. But he either transfers or goes to the NBA. Cause I do not want him on that team. He's a it's like Quade Green. He's a cancel on Louisville. Just like Quade Green was a cancel on Kentucky. And look what Kentucky's done with that party now. Yeah. He won three wins, two of them major wins against North Carolina and Louisville. And my opinion, sorry Utah fans or whatever if you got any, but they're just not the part is Kentucky or North Carolina or Louisville. Oh, it's just frustrating. He annoys me, just like last year, Honest Mamu annoyed me. I just don't know what it is with him. His freshman year, he's pretty decent. He did he did a, he did well. He wasn't the best, but he just cannot he's not a good at three-point shooting. I mean he's lengthy, he's like 6'8. He doesn't really play the best defense. Like he's just a cancer on both sides of the field and I hope on both sides of the ball and I just hope he transfers next year and just leave. So I do not want him on a team. And to be honest, Ryan McMahon, Jordan Moore, Darius Perry, and Dwayne Sutton, they'll be back next year. I guarantee you they'll be Yeah, back Louisville's sad. And plus I mean, we got those four stars coming in, top number one recruit. Well, I think it's number one, number two now. Arizona's number one. I think I've seen. But um I we just don't have room for him on this team. I don't want him on it. So, they, um, what do you think of BJ King? Uh, well, didn't think favorably of him. I still think he's got talent. I didn't think favorably of him in today, man. Just seeing him in person, he uh, he definitely he didn't really do much, did he? How about how about shout outs to both dunks? We had an incredible dunk from both from both parties. They're in the first half. Um, actually, they both had the first half, didn't they? Yeah. Um, first half we had. Uh, P.J. Washington caught a lob. We broke down. Hagen's broke down the defense and threw a lob up to P.J. And P.J. shit all over somebody from Louisville. And then they're right at the end of the half. Hero shoots a bad shot with 10 seconds to go instead of holding it. Long rebound equals run out. Nora dunks all over Hero. Yeah, you mentioned that. It was incredible dunks, but obviously Hero took that bad shot. We got the ball outletted out to Nora. Hero tries to block him, but Nora just shits on him. And also, he had another dunk in the second half where he drove the lane and slammed it too. And then Stephen Enoch had that amazing alley oop where he hit the air. Like, oh, yeah, oh, Enoch. Like, like, I don't know how it came off on TV, yeah. but in person, from where our vantage point was, it looked like Enoch was like hung in the air for 10 seconds yeah, before was, he even caught the ball. Yeah, I was talking to the dude next to me, and we was all like, me and him was like, I thought that ball hit the backboard because it did, because he was like in the air for like so damn long, it looked like it hit the backboard. And yeah, and he hung in the air. Like, it was amazing. Like, you know what? In the seats, again, we set up in 328. It was no different setting up high for a Pacers game. Yeah, there was not a bad seat in that arena, in my opinion. Like, there really wasn't. No, I don't think so. The only thing that slightly annoyed me about where we're at yeah. is they had the video boards, like, up by where we're at. And it kind of cut off a little bit from what you could see, but not on the floor, not not. We just, just like it, the top left. Yeah, you you couldn't see the top left quarter, like fans stuff like. But you know what? Other than that, seats were fantastic. Uh, I, I'm definitely we plan on going back to more Louisville games, just as you know, fans. But let's wrapping this one up, man. Number one, big win for the Cavs. It's another step moving forward. Again. To, to steal a line since we like pro wrestling, shout out every pro everything pro wrestling and all that. Um, hey, it's like if you're a wrestling fan, as soon as you feel that creep, you're about to get put to sleep. You know when you feel them hairs standing up on the back of your neck and the goosebumps, the goosebumps coming across your body. It's not paranoia. It's the wildcats are coming. Instead of the Usos, it's the wildcats. Uh -huh. I'm telling you. This team is growing up. 
and it's about to get scary, I do believe, for the rest of, uh, especially the SEC. I think SEC is about to find out the hard way. I think the only team right now that's ready for this version of Kentucky is Tennessee. Um, yeah, I like to report gimmick infringement on that, because um, you stole that from the Usos. Well, I gave him credit, so. Well, maybe. Um, my final thoughts on the game is Christian Cunningham played very well. He had, like, I think he had 20 points or something like that. Jordan Moore played pretty decent. Miami well, McMahon had zero points. He, well, I don't know why he went on the floor more. He got one shot and missed it. He didn't really get any opportunities. And Bob went to Kentucky. I mean, they locked him down. We couldn't get any. We couldn't get him any opportunities to score or take over like I wanted to. And also, this is a problem with North Carolina. North Carolina couldn't make a run against Kentucky. We couldn't make a run against Kentucky. I was begging for it. I, before the game started, we was outside about the Ohio River, and I saw Josh, man, I want to experience, because I've seen him on TV so many times in this rivalry, Lord will make a big run. Even, not even a big run, like a 6-0, 7-0 run, something like that. I want to experience it. I thought for sure I was going to. Never did. We could not. Kentucky comfortably won that game. We could not uh, go on a run, and cold shooting, that's just it, really. Just cold shooting cost us that game. But, hey, again. Volvo to Kentucky. I don't want to sound like Kentucky. We hated Kentucky that way. No, Kentucky no, no. Kentucky deserved that. They won it fair and square. No complaints. No excuses. I'm not the person. I'm not the type of person to do that. No excuses at all. Volvo to Kentucky. They're starting to play a lot better than that Duke game. The, uh, well, even, hell, the Seton Hall game we're playing on. But, you know, enough about that. Again, this rivalry special. Everybody knows. If you ever get a chance... Well, you don't have to have a dog in fight. You don't have to like Kentucky. You don't have to like Louisville. But this is one of those games that you need as a college basketball fan. Put on your bucket list. It don't matter if it's at the Yum Center or at Rupp. Come to it. Spend the money. Come to this game. I'm telling you, it's something different. It's just one of those games, man. It's one of those games. And today, it's something I'll never forget. Lord willing, we'll be back to another one. I mean, we'll go next year to the Rupp or to the Rupp. I keep wanting to say the Rupp Center he, today. Boy, he's been saying the Rupp Center all the time. I don't know why, man. But next year it's at Rupp's. You know, hopefully maybe next year we'll go again. I love but, to go next but year. But what an experience. You know, my undefeated streak for Kentucky Athletics stays intact. Uh, I was nervous. But, you know, props to Louisville. I'm not going to say I like Louisville or nothing silly like that. But I do have more respect for them and their fans and all that now. Uh, I was treated with high class. Everybody, I even dudes that's like, even the guys that working at the Yum Center was making jokes with me because I had my Kentucky stuff on, but it was all in fun nature. Like the people were next to us. This lady was a Louisville fan. She was saying how nice I was for being a Kentucky fan. Like everybody was sweet. Everybody was nice, and it was still rivalry. And this is just my experience. We also did see some sections down. A Kentucky fan get up and cheer, and Louisville fans yell at him, and them yell back. Like, the, the hatred's there. It's not that. But I'm just saying my experience, or in our experience, we were treated very nice. Yeah, we were. I had a lot of fun, like I said. Um, also, another thing while we lost, we just didn't pass the ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> only a few, only me and my kid there's, there's just one dude. There's always one in every crowd. You guys go to a game, you know what I'm talking about. There's always one dude. I don't know if he was drunk or not. From the start of the game, he was a Louisville fan. He didn't he didn't say go team. He didn't say go Louisville. He didn't say nice shot. He didn't say play defense. The one thing he screamed for 40 minutes that became a running joke in our section between Louisville and Kentucky fans, 
he kept screaming, pass the ball, pass the ball, you gotta pass it, you I gotta mean, pass it. We're not exaggerating either. Anytime we got the ball, like we are bringing up the floor or something like that, he goes, pass the ball, pass the damn ball. <laughs> so it, there's one in every crowd, but to sum this up, you know, we had fun, we had made memories, you know, I'm glad my team came out on top, but whether they did or not, you know, it's still something special. You guys get a chance. Go to the – go – first of all, go to the Yum Center for a game. Not just that, but go check out a rivalry like this. Yeah. Go to Indiana Purdue. Go to Indiana close. Purdue. Go to North Carolina Duke. Go to Kentucky Louisville. Yeah. Speaking but, of Indiana – sorry, I don't know up you. Bryce Burton, he's actually got – isn't he going to – Yeah, that'll be, that'll be for another day. He's going yeah. to Indiana Louisville – or cool. Illinois game. But anyways, we'll wrap this up, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side here on the on the next segment. But you know, you know, go cats, good win, props to the cards. Uh, we're on the way home. We'll holler at you on the other side. Boom! Boom! This uh, oh shoot! What's happening, College Hoops fans? It is Conrad Cushman from the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast, and I'm here to tell you how you can follow Everything Pro Wrestling. First, go to your Facebook, type in the search bar, Everything Pro Wrestling. Look for our official page with over 1,000 likes and make sure you give it a like. Also, we have a closed group with over 200 members in it where you can join discussions and talk about anything and everything pro wrestling. We also have a Twitter handle, and that is at epw show and we have a podcast and the podcast is available on anchor apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and stitcher and remember everything pro wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans now let's get back to talking some college hoops hey and we're back as you all just heard um you know i hope you enjoyed that segment the road diaries again we were on our way back from louisville just making the the short hour trip back home and uh just kind of our thoughts man as you guys heard too um it it doesn't do it justice whether you're at kentucky louisville whether you're indiana purdue duke carolina cincinnati xavier wherever if you're at a big rivalry game like tv written word pictures, video, none of that does it justice until you're in the building. <laughs> literally, you know, not to harp on it too much, but literally being in the building, you could feel like there's an energy and a tension and an excitement. You could feel. We had walked we walked in the building with 70 minutes still on the clock. Basically an hour and a, yeah. an hour and 10 minutes till tip time. Yeah. And you could feel the buzz already. It's special, and I hope that summed it up for you guys as best as we possibly could. If you weren't there, you would have a whole trouble experiencing what we experienced. It was, I mean, I said it a bunch of times on the Road Diaries, but it was, I couldn't help it. It's just so damn fun being in that atmosphere for a big, what do you think it's the best rivalry or not? The big time rivalry in college basketball. Uh, a lot of fun being in that atmosphere. To see my team play against Kentucky, our biggest rival, our most hated rival. Oh my god, I can't even put it into words how I felt after that game. And even now, knowing 25, 24 hours ago, we was in Louisville, we was in the Yum Center. Crazy. Yeah, and uh, like I said, we'll not, we've already said what we needed to say on that game. You know, Cats got the win. You guys heard all of it. We're not going to discuss that game anymore right now. Um, 
So we'll move on from there. And like you heard, just heard from our sponsors too. Please, please check out our sponsors. Uh, Anchor's great for us. They've been fantastic. Without Anchor, this podcast doesn't happen. Uh-uh. All of our platform mediums that are our podcasts are on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, Podbean, Podbean, you name it. Um, you go, go check those guys out. Sp- support them. Support our buddy over on. Uh, Everything Pro Wrestling, um, Conrad, a fellow member, he does a pick him, all that, like I've said. He just had a fantastic interview, by the way. He had a year of the end, uh, basically his last podcast of 2018, I do believe. Um, and it was a preview of Wrestle Kingdom coming up. Wrestle Kingdom, for those who don't know, real quickly, is the WrestleMania in Japan. Um, yes. it, it's the big show. It kicks off the year. It's all, every year. It's on January fourth, no matter the day. It's always January fourth, and it's a, it's a mega event. It's a super star show, and he did a hell of a preview. He just had it on his last podcast with a developer of games from Uke slash THQ slash Two K Games. Yeah, and it, it's phenomenal. Go check our buddy out. You know, like I said, he's a big supporter of ours. He's in the group. He's he uh, chats it up. He talks. And uh, like I said, we're sister sites with Everything Pro Wrestling. Go give him a follow. Go give him a check. Or, you know, check that out. Especially go check that podcast out. He did a fantastic job. Yes. Support support one of our own, and in turn, they'll support us. And that's what yep. we're all about. But moving on. Uh, back to the college basketball side of things. You know, this past week, we told you, you know, holidays are really weird. There basically wasn't any games until like Thursday. Yeah. Essentially. And even in those, yeah, with holiday break, even with those, you know, they were, and it's no offense, they were just smaller, you know, off the radar games, you would call them. And then yesterday we had our games. Yesterday wasn't the best top to bottom slate of games that we've had, but it was still some solid games. Um, You know, we've already had the one we discussed. You had Western Kentucky, man. Western Kentucky is such an enigma. They have all the talent in the world, and the reason that their record's like seven and six for what they are, or eight and six, is because they play down to the competition. But they've also played up when I've seen them beat West Virginia. I've seen them go on the road and beat Arkansas. I've seen them beat yesterday Wisconsin. That team's a good team, and they are a very, very dangerous team if they can get out of their own way. Uh, with six losses right now, you know they can't afford to lose too many more. It, without putting themselves in the situation of having to win their conference tournament. But the Hilltoppers are one of those teams because, again, they were led by Charles Bassey. They've got the former Mr. Kentucky basketball and uh, Hollingsworth, um, kid out of Lexington, actually. They got, they're well-coached, uh, former Mississippi State head man and Texas A&M assistant coach. Um, the, the Hilltoppers are a good team, and I'm on the Hilltopper bandwagon. I'll pull for them just about every game they play, and I'm not afraid to say that. They're a fun team to watch, can really shoot the basketball, will play you hard. Um, the building's electric when they play at home. Western Kentucky's got to stop playing down the competition, though. they got to handle business. But they're a team, just looking ahead, you, they get into March, they're going to be a, anywhere from an 11 to 13 seed. Promise you, if you're like a 4, 5, <clears throat> or 6, you don't want to see the Hilltoppers as your first-round game. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't. No, they're dangerous. Anytime you put a team like that, that's like a 12 or 13 and they have a lottery pick in Bassey, and they have guys that can fill it up from three, and they're battle-tested already, you, you don't want to see a team like that. No, so, certainly not. So, no. So, um, good win for Western yesterday. Um, trying to think off the top of my head. Really, some other ones. Ohio State handled business against Tubby Smith and his alma mater high point. Um, 
You just had some of those games, but you know, not a bad slate. Oregon actually got a win. Speaking of Oregon, we'll lead. Go ahead and lead into to one of our pieces of news and topics of discussion here. The Pac-12. Well, I I classified West Coast basketball earlier today in a post, and I do mean that West Coast basketball used to back in the day. You look, you had like the UCLA's, Arizona's was running rough shot. Um, even like USC's were decent. Stanford was decent. You had UNLV with Tark the Shark running amok, winning national titles in the early 90s. Um, you know, having superstar celebrities come out and watch UNLV. Um, even just a few years ago, you had when Alford was at New Mexico. New Mexico's out west. Some people may forget. <clears throat> yeah. But New Mexico was a, a good team. San Diego State. Now, what has happened in the last couple of years of West Coast basketball? Uh, more importantly, the Pac-12. Like, Gonzaga's good. Gonzaga's a really good team. Nevada's a really good team. San Diego State's decent. And Arizona State is decent. But they're not as good as I thought. What's happened to the Pac-12? The Pac-12, at one point, I don't know if they were ever the best college or best conference in basketball, but they were definitely one of the top two or three. They come off of a year where they only send like two teams in the NCAA tournament. They don't get any wins in the NCAA tournament last year. No. So what do they do to follow up? They post the worst, the absolute worst winning percentage by a Power Six conference in the month of December ever since they've went to the Power Conferences. In the month of December, the Pac-12 finished with a win percentage of 514. That's barely Jesus over five. God. That's barely winning over half the games, and that's not against each other in the conference. That's like including like playing some what you'd consider bum teams, some cupcake teams, some hard teams. Like UCLA's played a few decent ones. You know, Arizona State's obviously got the big win against Kansas. Pac-12 loses five games yesterday alone. They're coming off the <clears throat> worst month of December for a pack or a Power Six conference. The only team they actually topped. 2003's Big Ten uh, win percentage of 605. They have a 514 win percentage to end the month of December for a Power Six conference in the Pac-12. 514, that's literally like only like a one or two games above 500. I mean, you know, win total. The way the percentage is put out. That'd be like basically, I mean, it's just off the top of my head. We'll say if the Pac-12 had, I don't know. Um, okay, well, it actually would be like this. If the Pac-12 played a 1,000 games as a whole in December, they won 514 of them. That's terrible. That's awful. That's awful. Like, what has happened to Pac-12 basketball? We'll, we'll just stick Pac-12. We won't even get into the whole West Coast deal. What's happened to Pac-12? UCLA's got all the talent in the world. Chris Wilkes. They've got um, the seven-footer that's young. They've got a couple guards that are potential pros. What's happened to UCLA? They got a team. They got a good team on paper. <clears throat> they were projected, I think, to be a top-20 team. Compete, And I know they had a bad deal blow, or dealt to them. Um, Sharif O'Neal, which is Shaq's son. Yeah, that's um, He was scheduled to play for UCLA this year. And then right before the year, he found out he had a heart condition. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean – Prayers to him. Hopefully he's back on the court. He's a good yeah. player. Yeah, he really a is a good player. player. He's a good kid. Originally committed to Arizona and then changed at the last minute, went to UCLA, and then had the heart stuff. I mean, he would have made the – he would have been another big piece in that team. Yeah. But still, they've got players. It's not like one of these that Sharif just killed the team. They've got players. 
I don't understand. Alfred apparently has lost a team out there. You think he's on hot seat now? Oh, he's got to be. He's, he's got to be. Gone. I think they've lost like three or four in a row. I mean, he, he's got to be on the hot seat. Because even a couple years ago when he was winning with Lonzo Ball and they had those good teams, and the years before that too, he made Sweet 16. Um, the, the people out in L.A. were hollering for him to be on the hot seat. Because Alford doesn't fit like what they look for out there, and what they to basically because they always say like you go to Kentucky or you go to Carolina or you go to Kansas there's a certain model you have to be Kentucky you have to be and this is I'm trying to stay off of that but I'm just using them as an example because I know them best Kentucky you have to be a good coach you have to recruit extremely well and you have to be able to handle the pressure you need to have some swag to you like think Pat Riley <coughs> former Kentucky person himself yeah you say he's almost similar but you don't have that. You have pressure based off the history of UCLA, but you don't have the pressure to win every game because if you lose, it's no big deal. LA's got a million and one things to do. You're not even the top sports team out there. But if you do well at UCLA and you have a high-profile team, then you become big time because the stars want to come out, the the former NBA players want to come back. Um, A couple years ago when the Cats were out there playing UCLA as the number one team in the land and got beat. Yeah. UCLA was decent then. This is the year before ball. Uh-huh. UCLA was decent, and they had they treated like a rock star. They it was like a Lakers game. They had Jack Nicholas there. They had all the celebrities there. That's what UCLA can be if you do it and do it well. If you lose, then you're just like the fifteenth best team in the city that nobody cares about. But UCLA's got all this tradition, all this history. There's no reason that they shouldn't be a top fifteen, top twenty team every single year with potential of Final Four. And Alford, I don't know, it looks like he's lost a team. He's just a Midwestern guy that needs – there's a reason he was he was good at New Mexico, and there's a reason why early on he was good at Iowa. I just think Alford's good at um, a mid-major where he can do it his own way and win ball games without that complete pressure. But apparently when you stick him out in the bright lights, then it's not good. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to play in California if you're a 19, 8-year-old kid or 18-year-old kid? I got a question for you, though. Tim mentioned this on the... What? um, Tim mentioned this in the... What the fuck are you talking about? So Tim mentioned this in the last one that you guys did with Kentucky, Utah. Um... First of all, do you think Alfred's gone after this year? I'd have to look at his last year. I'd have to look at his contract. Um, it depends on what a buyout is. I'm sure out there the money's not that big of an issue. Um, you'd have to look at the lay the lay of the land, the landscape. I don't know. It, it depends on how this ends. If he gets it turned around, they make the tournament. Then I think he's okay. But if it keeps tanking like this and they don't make tournament, then I'd say yeah, he's probably done. So let's say that safety doesn't do this well after this year, and he gets fired or leaves, whatever. If you're UCLA, who do you get? Oh, man, it depends. It really does, because at this point, UCLA is a high-profile job, but who really wants it? Um, man, I, it's a good question. Give me just a second. Give me just a second. If you got someone in your mind, say it, and let me have no, a I second to say it. I don't have anyone in mind. You don't have anybody in mind? No. I mean, you. I guess if you're UCLA, you shoot for the stars. Probably, honestly, God, if I was them, if you can't get somebody big, like a big, big name in the community within the college basketball world, and I don't even know who that would be right now. You know who, honestly, and it, it, he's going to be a topic here in a little bit, unless you, I'd make sure he's okay 
clear from the scandals. But if you're UCLA, why not take a chance on Patino? Because he would fit in that model so perfect out there. Like the Slick Rick kind of character and model. You're getting a great coach, somebody who can recruit. But then again, it's going back to an Adidas school. Do you really want the scandal? I'm just using Rick as an example. Uh, I think you got to – I don't know. I'd have to really think about it. But if you can't find somebody in the college ranks, if I was UCLA, I'd go get a high-profile NBA guy. I mean, Fred Hoiberg's out there. The Bulls fired him. He did a good job at Iowa State. I mean, he's got that pro. Um, at least he would know how to bring some pro offense back. He had good offense at Iowa State. Maybe maybe Hoiberg's somebody that goes to Iowa. I mean, sorry to UCLA. Yeah, I asked that question because I have no clue. That, I was just wondering if you had anyone in mind. Uh, I, I just have to. I just have to think about it because UCLA is still a really good job. Yeah, I mean, you want to go out there, especially if you got a family that, or you know, that want to go out and live out in LA, I guess, and all that. But uh, I don't know. It, it's a great. It's a good job. I just don't know if it's a great job right now. Yeah. The program itself, though, the program, and this is why I'm saying as a whole about Pac-12. That that whole product out there, there's so much talent in the West Coast in general. Just look at California, period. But there's a lot of good talents coming out of Seattle, Washington. Um, they had a string there for a while. Peyton Siva came out of Seattle. Uh-huh. There were, there's a handful of really good talent in that Washington area. Portland, Oregon's a good talent spot. Um, Terrence Jones. You got Terrence Ross from out Portland. Like, there's so much talent out there in the West Coast that I don't understand why these teams aren't better than what they are. I just don't understand what's happened to, to the Pac-12, Pac-10, what it used to be. Like, there's no reason that it should be that bad. I made the comment, at this point, at this point, if they continue this pace where they're stinking this bad, you almost consider either going down and saying it's a Power 5 <clears throat> conferences, or you... Replace Pac-12 with like a Mountain West Conference or an Atlantic 10 who's really good but underrated. Or maybe even like the Big East again. Something like that. Yeah, it's tough. I uh, The only marquee win um, Pac-12's had is Arizona State beating Kansas. Yeah. But and, yeah, um, it's tough. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with Pac-12. I don't get it. I mean, like I said, they posted the worst – win percentage for a Power 6 conference in the month of December since 2003's Big Ten. And, I mean, 514's just not getting it done. That's yeah. bad. It's really – and they're losing some – like, the stay on UCLA, they lost to Liberty at home by 15. It's one thing if, like, Liberty upsets you whatever, but you lost at home by 15 to Liberty. Come on now. Yeah. Come on. And then there's – that's not the only one. There's been some bad losses. Um, Arizona State got knocked off yesterday. <laughs> Uh, just some bad ones. And actually, segueing into Arizona State, one of the other things that will uh, pieces of news found interesting. Arizona State head coach Bobby Hurley uh, was quoted after the Kansas win as saying, "The upset of Kansas, uh, one of his greatest sports moments of his life," which is kind of crazy because Bobby Hurley was the starting point guard and re- loved and revered for those early '90s Duke teams that finally got Coach K back-to-back titles. Back in the early '90s, like he was, Grant Hill was, I guess you'd call the, the the face of that Duke team because he was a superstar, and you'd have Christian Leitner too. But the heart and soul of those Duke teams were Bobby Hurley at point guard, <clears throat> making good decisions, hitting timely jump shots, and just playing with a fire. And that's what everybody loved about Hurley, is that he played with such a fire and ferocity at the point guard spot that um that people loved him. Like he's one of those kids that would uh he would separate his shoulder but still go dive on a loose ball just to make a play. 
Um, so it, for him to say that, I don't know if it was just in the moment of him saying that, and, you know, a big time win as a coach, obviously his biggest win. Uh, or if he really means that, which if he really means that, that's crazy to be honest. But, you know, I guess it goes to show what beating Kansas does for somebody. I mean, it's fair to say, really. It's not that out of the blue to say. I mean, not just for Arizona State, for him, just for the Pac-12 in general, beating a high-profile powerhouse in Kansas, number one at the time. So, I mean, it's fair to say. Yeah, it, it just to me, it just strikes me as a tad bit odd because who says it? It's not like Bobby Hurley was just some blo- Joe Blow and like, I finally beat Kansas. Beating Kansas, especially when they're number one, and your head coach is a great feeling, and that's something he'll never forget. Like I said, that's his, really his first as being a head coach, his first like mega mega win. Um, he's had some good teams before, but like his first mega win, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he had those Buffalo teams, but uh, so I understand him saying that. And like I said, I'm just wondering how much it was in the heat of the moment him saying that, thinking about it then, because he did win two national titles for Duke, playing under Coach K, and he got Coach K's, you know, first national title. Like, just makes me wonder if it's just in the heat of the moment, if he actually truly God believes that. I mean, like I said, it's fair to say. So. All right, and um, another another newsworthy thing. It, it it to me it involves the college game, but really this takes place in pros. Um, but we're gonna talk about it anyways. You got Rick Pitino. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody knew the news came out that he had accepted a job to coach. Um, the European powerhouse Panthenyakos, a Greek, a, a Greek club. Um, he had he had his debut game December twenty seventh. I think it was on Thursday. Thursday. It was yeah. this past Thursday, and his team got a win. And he looked like he was happy. He looked like he was enjoying it. He only had a couple days of practice with the guys to get them to to you know understand. And he's actually coaching um, Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo's younger brother. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think is what his name is. Because he has Costas, and I think the other one he's coaching over there is Giannis, Danis Antetokounmpo. I think so. That sounds familiar. But um, either way, you know, Patino goes over there, um, disgraced over here from the whole college scandal at Louisville, and he goes over and gets him a win. He really looked happy. He, he didn't change his style up too much. He was over there screaming and hollering at the players, saying that they had no heart, they needed to Balloon the lead, and they were able to be at be um, CSKA Moscow in a big Europa match. You're um, doing some research on Panthenyakos. They uh, they have a good tradition and history over there in Greece. They've won the the Greek title like twenty sometimes. Yeah, they've won European gold like five or six times. So they've got they've got a good pedigree, and Patino's perfect for them. If you he don't have to worry about the recruiting. All right, yeah, uh, yeah, but Panthenyaka. So sorry about that. I just had a fucking dogs were barking. So you guys will probably keep. I'll keep that in there. Keep it authentic. Yeah. Um, I kind of lost train of thought, but um, Patino Panthenyakos, You know, it's a it's a good thing because he doesn't have to worry about recruiting. He doesn't have to worry about none of that. He just gets to coach. He don't have to worry about breaking like violations. And I know it sounds silly, but at this stage of the game, something like that's probably perfect for Rick. Yeah, I mean. Just want to say this real quick. Good for him. I mean, I'm happy for him. He's still one of my favorite coaches of all the time. No matter what happened with the scandals in Louisville, we did at Louisville, all of that. I mean, also he said one of the 
I think his first game that he compared the crowd to uh, Big Blue Nation, was it? Yeah, yeah. The so, the yeah. way the passion and how knowledgeable and all that stuff they were. I'm sure that pissed off some Cardinal fans. It didn't piss me off. I didn't understand it. Uh, yeah, good for him. I hope he does well. Uh, I think he will. I, I just think... I hope he's happy. I might sound a little weird, but I just hope he's happy and does well. I yeah. yeah, the last couple of years, he does look old. Like, it's, I mean, he is getting old, but I mean, he's like aging really bad over the whole deal. And, um, it's good maybe he'll go over there and find some kind of inner peace. And, you know, and it don't be surprised too eventually, because there was rumors too that Patino had reached out when UConn was open up this summer, this past summer, that Patino reached out to him. And, uh, don't be surprised if he goes over to Panthenyakos, wins a bunch of ball games for a year or two. Kind of lets the dust settle and then comes back to the college game. I Wouldn't want, surprise me at I all. I want him to come back to the college game. And I, I, I really want him to come back. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, a couple other things, too. Moving on here. On ESPN, they kind of do. And I think it's, I understand it, but it's kind of silly, too. Because really, when you get to, like, power rankings and stuff like that, it's all subjective. Because who they think is number one, I think somebody's different. And who I think's Different. Peyton thinks is different. This stuff's all subjective, but it's still fun to talk about. Anyways, you know, like ESPN's known to do, they'll do power rankings. They'll do power rankings for baseball, basketball, football, whatever. Yeah. Well, I just seen that they've got updated power rankings for college hoops, and I've uh, I've wrote down the top ten. So let's see what you think. At number one, they've got Duke. Yep. Two, Michigan. Yep. Number three, Kansas. Four, Tennessee. Five, Nevada. Six Virginia, seven Gonzaga, eight Texas Tech, nine Florida State, and ten Virginia Tech. Now the thing that stuck out to me in their top ten, they've got one, two, three, four. Four of the top tens from the ACC. Four of the top tens from ACC. They've got two Big Twelve, one West Coast Conference, one Mountain West Conference, one Big Ten, and one SEC. Four from the ACC. If you're talking power rankings, Virginia Tech's a good team. Can really fill it up a shoot. Buzz Williams doing a great job. I don't know if they're number 10 in power rankings. Because to me, power rankings are teams that are uh, really coming on. And, you know, who you would list as your top 10 kind of way. I don't see... Man, I guess. I guess Duke's number one worthy of it. It's debatable. I don't see how they... I mean, they got the resume. I don't see where Virginia's number six in power rankings. Yeah. They're undefeated, but they've really not played anybody. They've played literally nobody until this week. Yeah, I the only exceptions I have in state of Virginia, don't kill me here, please. But I would take Virginia and Virginia Tech out of the top ten in the power rankings. Okay. Not sure who I'd replace them with. Okay. I mean I'm not gonna get on the cats. They're nowhere near top ten, but they are playing well and they do look strong. But who I'd replace Virginia and Virginia Tech with in the top ten? Hell I don't know right now. I'd have to look. I don't know. Um, two teams that are playing well and that's actually played somebody. Marquette. Marquette would go in the top ten. Yeah, Marquette. Power rankings. Um, I'd honestly. I don't know. Indiana? Just, I don't know. That's a good one. I'd honestly put probably Kentucky in there. Just because uh, the way they're playing right now. They got two major wins back-to-back against UNC and Louisville. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think we're close, but we're not gonna. I'm not gonna discuss them. We've I think already, Marquette definitely goes in. I think Marquette. I think I would replace Virginia Tech. Put Marquette number ten. Slide the other teams up: Gonzaga, up, Texas Tech, up, Florida State, up, 
Virginia would probably go like 11 or 12. And if I had to replace them with somebody else, I don't know, man. I'm not even going to say like a Michigan State because I still don't think they're that. I don't know. I, I really, I'd have to look. Maybe Ohio State. I don't know. I'd have to really stop and think. But I definitely, in my opinion, don't think Virginia and Virginia Tech's are as good as these power rankings are making them. Yeah, me either. So, uh, just some food for thought. You know, leave a comment or uh, when you listen to this and tell me what you think about it. Is Virginia and Virginia Tech worthy of top ten power rankings according to ESPN? Is uh, Duke worth worthy of number one? Um, or is there other people? What do you think? So, we're going to do, normally we like to do our... Shout outs, you know, but we're going to do them a little different. We're going to do combined shout outs this week. Yeah. And we're going to shout out some um, teams and a couple individual players that may not get a lot of love right now, or maybe they do. Maybe they do. And uh, the first one, you're going to call me a hypocrite, but you know, I'm going to shout them out anyways. You're going to call me a hypocrite because I just dogged them as far as being power rankings, but I never said they weren't a good team. I just don't think they've played anybody yet, which is going to change this week. So, our first shout-out is going to be for the top-ranked scoring defense, meaning Uh, you hold your opponent to a certain amount of points. This team is number one in the nation, which it comes as no surprise if you watch Tony Bennett-led teams, especially Virginia, over the last five, six, seven years. They defend, they play the pack line defense, they close in, they make sure you don't get threes off. Really, the way to beat Virginia is to have athletic guards attack them, and uh, finish at the rim, and then kick out and hit threes. If you can't do that, they're just going to smother you to death. And our first shout-out is to the Virginia Cavaliers, uh, nation's top-ranked top defense scoring-wise. They're only giving up 50.3 points a game. And in today's game where three-point shooting is at a premium, um, guys can get to the rim where there's a seem to be a bunch of fouls called, the NBA culture where everything's a touch foul now. And, you know, and you got teams like, again, like Duke that's putting up 90-some. Um, you know, we'll shout out Virginia. We know good D when we see good D. I just, uh, my yeah. only problem with Virginia is I don't think they've played anybody yet. They haven't. I mean, this always surprised me. They've been like this for a couple of years now. I know Flesh Hand will be a Wool fan, obviously. So, this doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, 50.3 points per game for uh, the opposing team is tough, especially when the uh, ACC conference. Uh We'll see how they do when they get an ACC play, though. Yeah, and this is coming off a real backhanded comment, and I don't mean it to be so much. I'm just saying, I'm just, there's that caveat there because I really don't think they've played too many good teams. They haven't. But, and nonetheless, defense is defense, and shout out to Virginia. Yeah. You're holding teams of 50 points a game, and that's remarkable in today's game. Yeah. So, um, that's shout out number one. Let's do, uh, hey, on the flip side of it, Peyton, who's our second shout out? Uh, top scoring offense player, uh, uh, Citadel, um, from the Southern Conference, so averaging 99.5 points per game, number one in the nation for offensive scoring. Holy balls. Um, Nine and three, and he mentioned that Southern Conference. Guys, I've been on Southern Conference all year. You've been on Southern Conference for the first episode. Dude, them, Wofford, you've got... Um, Furman, UNC Greensboro, that team, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that conference is going to produce somebody in the NCAA tournament that's going to run some upsets. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the Citadel. You know, we just talked about Virginia giving up 50 a game. The Citadel's dropping 99.5, just a half point away from putting triple digits up per game. 
That is an incredible pace for an offense. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, and they've played a few good people. They've played, if I remember off the top of my head, they played LSU and them. Um, uh, the Citadel, you know, and they, I'm not saying they're a great team, but nine and three, they're a team to watch out for in that conference. That Southern Conference, again, is going to produce somebody that's going to upset in March. Bank on it now. Calling it now in December. Citadel, 99 and a half. You go from Virginia giving up 50 to Citadel dropping 99 and a half. That's a, yeah, I don't think people realize how hard it is to drop 99 and a half, 99 points in one game, let alone to be average in it. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and then on the Citadel, a little sub shout out, plays for the Citadel. Um, Peyton, who are we talking about here? We're talking about Matt Fireman, who's our guy. Who's Frierson. Our, uh, Frierson. Frierson, yeah. Fireman. My bad. Uh, he's averaging 17.4 points per game, uh, but the big stat line for him, he shot 135 three-pointers, made 61, and he's also perfect from the free throw line, 24 for 24. Which Damn. goes to show, that's another reason why a team like the Citadel, on paper or just by visual name recognition, you don't think much of them. But you get players like that, They, I think you said they had four guys averaging double figures, Frierson's leading them, yep. and... Obviously, you know, 61 of 135 from three, okay? He's stroking from three right now. Hell yeah, he is. He's stroking from three. That's like 47% from three. A good three-point percentage, I've always been told, is roughly around between 35 and 40%. Great is basically anything from 42% on. Yeah. I mean, and he's absolutely stroking the ball right now. Um, not missing free throwing. He's not there a bunch. He's only shot 24 free throws, but, um, he still made every single one of them. So, and then Peyton's pulling some stuff on it, but now as a whole, he's shooting 44.6% from the field. Um, so he's a guy, you know, it's a guy that's on this team that the Citadel is really shooting the basketball well. So, and they have to be, you know. It's not all jump shots, you're attacking the rim, you're getting free throw line and all that, creating points off turnovers. But it's another one of those teams, shout out to the Citadel for for uh, putting up 99.5 points per game. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely, I'm, they're another team. I'll say it for the third time in this sentence, or in this uh, subsection, shout out alone. Not just the Citadel, but whoever wins that Southern Conference. Citadel, Wofford, Furman, UNC Greensboro, somebody else. Whoever wins that Southern Conference and gets the one bid, out of that conference in the NCAA tournament is going to roll in as a 13, 14, 15 seed, whatever, and they're knocking somebody off in the tournament. Mark my words right now. Mm, Mark my words right now. The, the Southern Conference is, is picking up one more win than the Pac-12 had last year in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> 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 All right, we got two more uh, shout-outs here. Uh, I'll take this one. We got John Morant, who's actually, um, if you look him up, he's a pro product, a pro prospect, should I say. He's on some big boards anywhere from mid-first round to maybe early second round. But he's uh, he's a guard for Murray State, the Murray State Racers, leading the nation with uh, an assist. He's averaging 9.3 assists. That's dropping some dimes. 9.3 assists per game. That is absolutely dropping some dimes. That's finding your teammates. That's being unselfish. And more importantly, that's having your teammates help you out and yeah, hit some buckets. Shots, get some buckets, yeah. But I like an unselfish player like that. Yeah. I like an unselfish player. As do you are. So, um, shout out John Morant. And another one to cap this shout out segment off. 
uh, is Jordan Murphy, who's averaging 12.9 rebounds per game, and he plays for Minnesota. Yeah, and that 12.9 leads the individual stats for uh, rebounding. So yep. if you haven't noticed, we uh, decided to shout out say as a whole. We're going to be to um, some teams and players that um, I think the nation needs to be recognizing. You know, Jordan Murphy's a name. He plays in the Big Twelve or Big Ten. He's a name that's on on people's radars because he does play for a team like Minnesota. Minnesota's a good team this year. Yep. Richard Pitino. Richard Pitino. I think they've like they're ten and two or something. Something like that. That they're going to be a threat in the Big Ten. I don't know if they'll win it, but they're going to be a threat to get one of those double buys. You know, top four seeds get a double buy and then are in the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, leading the nation rebounding. What do I tell you about rebounding? Rebounding is not about skill as it is about effort. And Jordan Murphy obviously is putting forth a lot of effort. He uh, he's looking to clear the glass. You know, uh huh. Looking to clear. It. He's averaging basically we'll just say thirteen rebounds a game. Twelve point nine, thirteen. You know, yeah. We'll say thirteen, thirteen points. And how many of those offensive? You don't know. But 13 points, he's basically taken 13 possessions away from the other team. Uh-huh. Or if they, because I'd have to look that up, you know, he's given his team so many extra possessions. That's a type of, just imagine, if you had a Ja Morant at your point guard and Jordan Murphy playing rebounding for you, you know, Oof. then, you know, I'm sure Murray and Minnesota would love them both on the same team. Yeah, go ahead and throw Matt Fierson in there, too. Yeah, and let Matt, Matt, hey, right there. We just gave you a threesome right there that could be deadly NCAA tournament. John Morant, your point guard, dropping dimes. You have Matt Fryerson stroking. And if he if he was actually missed one, <laughs> then you have uh, Jordan Murphy out here uh, cleaning glass for you. Yeah. And, you hey, while we're at it, let's tie them all in. They play for the Citadel, so they have that Citadel offense where they're dropping scoring buckets like that, and their defense is Virginia and only give up so many. That's Bring the number it. one team in the nation right Bring there. Duke, baby. <laughs> That's the number one team in the nation right there. <laughs> so, yeah, real quick, let's shout out Citadel. Matt Frierson from the Citadel, who's uh, shooting the lights out from three, yep. is at 17 points a game. Um, shout out Virginia's defense, and shout out John Morant, point guard from Murray, leading the nation in assists, and uh, – Jordan Murphy, a forward from Minnesota, is leading the nation in rebounds. Yep, shout out to all of them. Shout out to all of them. You guys getting the the respect you want, or the respect you deserve from uh, from us here at ECB. Yep. So, um, couple things here. Let's look ahead to this week. You know, going into the new year, 2019, we turn our attention back to conference play. Some, most of us, for our conferences of choice, going in for the first time in the Big Twelve, our Big Ten, sorry, going back in because if you remember, early in the month they actually played a. Uh, couple games in conference yeah so conference play this is where everything is decided conference play from here on out we're gonna have every single game you're gonna have big monday super tuesday you have wednesday games conference <laughs> you're gonna have oh god what do they call thursday games um but anyways thursday slate of games are normally like sec and big 10 you have fridays or normally like the big east I think Big Ten plays a game or two. Then you have Super Saturday games, Sunday games, or normally you have like ACC game. Like, listen, we're in conference play. What I'm trying to say, in short, is every single day is going to be good ball games, and they're going to be game. They're going to be games that matter. Very few cupcakes from here on out. Uh-huh. Even in conferences, like you go down to the MAC, MAC's going to be wild. You're going to have games. I just think MAC started playing today. I think Ball State and Miami, Ohio. I think. But, like, smaller conferences, you need to keep an eye on. Big conferences. It's conference season, and I love it because there's going to be games on every day and games that matter. 
Uh-huh. So races are going to be decided. Boy, I'm excited. So with that being said. Going to be a bunch of game feds. Yes, sir. Here's um here, here's a couple games to keep an eye out on through this week. Start of the new year here. On Tuesday, January 1st. Yep. Kicking it off right away. Game that's going to fly under the radar, but you need to pay attention to. You got the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And as of right now, the number 10 Virginia Tech Hokies. I just talked about Virginia Tech. I said, listen, I said that they're a good ball club. Buzz Williams has done a fantastic job with them. Uh-huh. Um, they're a tournament team. They're a top 10, 15 team the last couple of years. They can really shoot the basketball. They're um, experienced. Keep an eye on them. But even with Notre Dame losing their top player, um, God, what's his name? Starts with a P. Max. My, sorry, my name. It's escaping me. Even losing him, Notre Dame's going to be – I mean, Mike Bray's a damn good coach. He runs really good offense. Remember a couple years ago, he used to run that burn offense where he'd slow the game down, and then he went, had his really good teams, and he was scoring like 80 a game. He can mix it up. Notre Dame's going to shoot the basketball well. You've seen against Purdue. They'll take care of – Max Fluger. That, or Rex Fluger. I said Max. Sorry. Rex Fluger's a kid from um, Notre Dame I was thinking of that's out for the year. They're still a good ball club. Keep an eye on this one. I've got Notre Dame on the upset. I really do. Um, but that's another one. It's an ACC clash already. Virginia Tech, for me, is as good as they are. They've got to be prepared because Notre Dame and Mike Bray is going to come bring something different at them. Okay. Where's this game at? I think it's at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech? Um, It's a tough one. I'm going to go Virginia Tech. This is going to be their first one of their first major wins for the ACC conference. So, I got Virginia Tech. The Hokies coming out on top. All right, and then, then another one on um, on Tuesday night, another conference game, getting into the Big East Conference play now. You've got a team that we're all high on right now, the number 18 Marquette Golden Eagles, Hell playing against a former who just took a loss the last night to Seton Hall for the first one. You've got um, Marquette against uh, Chris Mullen-led St. John's Red Storm. I expect St. John's to back, b- bounce back. But you've seen what happened when they finally played somebody. I mean, they yes, they were in the feed, and you have to beat who's in front of you. But their first real game, they take an upset on a buzzer beater at Seton Hall. Now they're playing Marquette, who is as battle-tested, maybe has maybe maybe the toughest non-conference schedule that anybody had, and came out of with it, a winning record out of it. I got Marquette in this one. I think the John. I think the Red Storm bounced back. But I think Marquette's too much for him. It is. I picked Marquette to win the Big East. Uh, I'm sticking to that. I got Marquette winning. Like you said, they've been battle-tested early against uh, wins against Louisville, uh, lost against Indiana, wins against uh, Wisconsin, I believe. Uh, yeah, St. John's came off a tough loss against Seton Hall yesterday. They was up like six points with like a couple minutes left to go. And Seton Hall came back and won with a game-winning three. Seton Hall's uh, dangerous, too, right now. The side you, subject. They're I dangerous. They're living you. right right now. Yeah, Shavar uh, Reynolds, I believe, yeah, hit the game-winning game. three against uh, the, the Red Jones. Storm. Yeah. yeah, got him the first loss. So, I got Marquette winning this one. It's, it's going to be interesting. And I don't think Frank Howard, but you never know. I don't think Frank Howard joined for 40 in the second half. Like he did the other day or last week. He might. I don't know, man. There's so many good individual players. Off topic. There's so many into good individual players this year that are plays by yeah. players. Like you've had Powell go off. You've had Howard go off. You've had these guys just make indiv- – it's a beautiful thing to see. Uh-huh. So on Wednesday, this one's an interesting one. This is a dangerous one if you're a Texas Tech Red Raider fan. Um, 
You got Texas Tech, who we all, I think we're high on oh, yeah, after I'm watching them. Yeah, um, and that's on. another player, Jarrett Culver. Jarrett Culver. Um, nice individual player. But they're going, as far as, if unless I have this wrong, they're going to West Virginia, correct? Yeah, they they're, they're playing at West Virginia on Wednesday night. Now, West Virginia, they're not the typical Bobby Huggins team. They're not the typical Huggy Bear team where they, they're um, good. Like, they're a decent team, but they're not good. But West Virginia is extremely, extremely, extremely difficult to play in. Uh-huh. I mean, it's been horror stories. Uh, I remember back in the day, 10, 12 years ago, Louisville, when they used to be rivals, go in there and have batteries and shit thrown out on them. I mean, it gets nasty in there. Um, it's a home court advantage that's unlike any other. Um, but the, the reality of it, West Virginia is not a good ball club this year or great at, by not any means. Nah. They struggle shooting the basketball as bad as any team that I've seen in recent years. If they can't get to the rim on you and they can't turn you over in their press, West Virginia is not very good at all. No. But with that said, conference play starts. You got a legendary, should be in the Hall of Fame, Bob Huggins. He eventually will be. He definitely needs to be in there um, at the helm. This is a dangerous game for Texas Tech. This is absolutely as good as Texas Tech's defense is. And we just talked about Virginia. Texas Tech's number two in that. You everybody's seen it against Duke for the most part. Uh-huh. Texas Tech will defend you too. But if Texas Tech, the one thing against Duke, they Turn the ball over extremely at a high rate. West Virginia, they call them press Virginia. Yep. If they'll turn you over, and we just sat here and said, West Virginia struggled the worst than any major team I've seen shooting the ball in a couple years. But they don't need to shoot the basketball from deep if they're scoring off layups and dunks. Uh-huh. If Tech does not take care of the basketball, they're walking out of Morgantown with a loss. Mark my words. If they take care of the basketball, then Tech wins by five or six points. It's still going to be a barn burner, I think, but this is one you've got to watch. It's going to shape the, the early the early foundation of the Big 12 early. See, I see it. So you're like iffy on this one. Um, I got Texas Tech winning in a low-scoring game. The reason is the difference maker is going to be Jared Culver, like I said, for the Duke game. Uh, I think he's still averaging like 20 points per game, I believe. Still a great player, really good player, sophomore. Um He's gonna be the difference maker in this game. If he's gonna be, if he has a cold night and nobody else is gonna help him, it's gonna be a long night for Texas Tech, and West Virginia is gonna win this game. But I don't see that happening. I see Jared Culver going for about twenty-four this game and being the key offensive player for Texas Tech and uh, the Red Raiders to pull the victory out in Morgantown at yeah. West Virginia. That's gonna be. I'm telling you, that's an interesting one. That is gonna be so interesting. And then the cap it off on Wednesday night, another one that's going to shape the foundation of the Big 12. You got, look at this one. Number 25, Oklahoma Sooners going into the Allen Fieldhouse to play the number 5 Kansas Jayhawks. That's going to be it. These two programs, ever since 1988, um, when Kansas beat them for the title, it seems like these two have always had wars. And it's I don't think Wednesday night's going to be any different. New year, same old battle between the Sooners and the Jayhawks. This one's an Allen Fieldhouse. I'm giving the advantage to Kansas. But Oklahoma can defend, can shoot the three, and are well coached. And that's a recipe for disaster for most teams. Um, Kansas, of course, we know about Kansas. We've said it a million times. They just got a Doka Azabuki back. So we'll see how meshing them fits back in because, to be honest, um, uh, Dedrick Lawson. Lawson was playing outstanding, so we'll see how he does. Now, he's not necessarily going to take a backseat role, but we'll see how he takes playing 
alongside a Doak again. Uh-huh. Um, see how much that changes Kansas. Kansas is still the class of the field, but this is an early, early, early test in the uh, and pretty much a barometer in the Big 12 because Oklahoma – Having seen them play four or five times this year, they do have the kid that looks exactly like a young Larry Bird, but he can shoot and he can really shoot the ball. He's smart. Lon Kruger is as underrated as coach as there is in America. This team's going to be ready. I'm telling you, I'm excited right now just even talking about it. I'm going to be glued to it Wednesday night. You know, I think it's a nine o'clock tip time. I guess it'd have to be. Yeah, it's, I think it's a nine o'clock tip time. Um, I'll double check. Oklahoma, Kansas, man. These two get after each other. You've seen Peyton just shared a couple days ago oh, yeah. the barn burners that they that. had in 2016 with Buddy Heald when both teams are one and two. Nine o'clock. Yeah, it's nine o'clock. So make sure it's an appointment TV. What else do you have to do on a Wednesday night? Make sure you're watching Oklahoma, Kansas. I'm not going to give a prediction on it. Oof. You know, I, you know I, I'll say Kansas wins. Yeah. But it might have to come down to like a last second shot or Oklahoma give them all they want. Uh-huh. Oklahoma's going to give them all they want. Now, you mentioned, I've shared the one video in the group of Kansas versus Oklahoma two years ago, 2016. Uh, it's where Kansas had Perry Ellis, um, oh, crap, I Frank Mason, it. Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, all of them. And Oklahoma had Buddy Hill, and he went for like 50 almost. So, yeah, that was a great game. I'm giving an advantage. I can't go against my team, Kansas. So, I'm giving an advantage to Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse, obviously, the fog. Very, 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 very tough place to play in. Um, like you said, it's going to be like a last-second shot. I actually got this game going overtime, a high score in overtime, like 90 points, something like that. It's going to be interesting. I like to see Quentin Grimes play well. I mean, he's been, he hasn't struggled, but he hasn't had really like a really good scoring game since Michigan since State. Since Michigan State, our first game like of the year. He dropped like 24 points and had like six threes or something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I really want to see him play well. It's going to be interesting to see what – Kansas looks like with Daka back, Azabuke back, since Dedrick Lawson's been the key player in the front court for Kansas, dropping double-doubles after double-doubles after double-doubles. It's going to be interesting. Oklahoma's not a slash team. So that's to no, they with. they are very capable. Me and Timmy were talking about a couple weeks ago. Um, it's going to be between them and Texas Tech, who yeah. finishes second, because we all firmly believe Kansas is winning the conference again. But this is an early barometer. I mean, if you're really wanting to pull the upset and knock Kansas off its perch, what a better way to do it than make them go 0-1 and start the conference. I mean, uh, I can see it happening. And win at Allen Fieldhouse with a return coming back later in the year. Yeah, It's going to be a good one. That is going to be maybe the best game all week, including would, on the Saturday. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I that could very it. well be the best game all week, most entertaining. Keep an eye on game threads for that because I guarantee you that's going to be a fun one. Oh, hell yeah. Mark that be. one down. Oklahoma. And this is why, again, you can hear it in my voice. I love conference play. Oh, yeah. Because people know each other. Stuff happens differently. Now we're finally away from a lot of the bum games for the most part. Let's get after it. And Oklahoma, Kansas, boy. Oof. That's good. Oof. It's going to be fun, man. And then the other one we got to keep an eye out throughout the week is Thursday. It's not per se because of records or rankings. This one, for one, is a rivalry game. Um, Illinois at IU. Um, everybody knows um, how we feel about IU. IU is a really good ball club, and they're getting better each game. Um, you know, they've had really – Romeo really hasn't played well no. in about three weeks or so. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, I'd say so. And when I say well, I mean just taking over Dominic. But he hasn't really had to. Rob Fennessy, Dewan Morgan, uh-huh. you got these guys really stepping up, and that's good for IU. If Romeo, The less Romeo has to do now, the better it is. Um, so we're not doing it because of that. 
Illinois is actually really terrible. Um, oh, yeah. yeah I, it, Illinois is going to be a part of a subject I'm going to do. I say I. We're going to do a podcast series on over. Illinois is one of those teams that should absolutely be really good. There's no reason that Illinois Ball Club, um, consistently in basketball, shouldn't be great like they used to be. But that's another story for another day. Indiana's going to roll this one at home. Oh, yeah. To make them 3-0. and And that's more important, too. Indiana's going to be 3-0 in the Big Ten already. Uh-huh. That's going to help separate them from the pack. And the Big T- Big Ten's back this year to be a dominant, maybe the best conference in basketball. Uh, maybe. It'd be them I'd at ACC. So. I'd say so. So, um, that's going to be a big one. But more importantly, I want to say this, too, because um, our one of our admins, Bryce Burton, and his brothers are going to go spend kind of like Peyton and I did for Kentucky-Louisville. Yep. They'll be there firsthand doing uh, game threads and um, videos for us um, at the IU-Illinois game. So uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a fun one to tune in. It's a good, nice little tune-up. And here's the thing about it. It's a rivalry game, so anything can happen. If Indiana doesn't come prepared to play, Illinois will sneak up and get them, and it'll look like a, ba- a very bad loss for IU. To be honest with you, yeah, but um, yeah, and really, there's nothing else on Thursday, so why not keep an eye on that? It's a rivalry game, Big Ten. Like I said, um, <laughs> gonna be a f- it could be a fun <clears throat> one. I'd imagine the Hoosiers win by comfortably by about fifteen. I'd say so. Yeah, that's my opinion. But, as but well. you never know. It's conference. I love conference play. If uh-huh. you, again, if you can't hear it in our voices, conference play is the absolute shit. So uh, not shit in a bad way, but the <laughs> shit. <laughs> so. uh it's going to be fun, man. I still can't get over those Wednesday games. Texas Tech, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Kansas. Big 12, man, producing it on this week. Uh-huh. Bringing it. Conference play. I'm ready. Get ready, get done with all these college football bowl games and championship. Yeah, and uh, the focus, now the focus will start to turn towards. We'll talk about it next week because, you know, the focus starting in will actually be everybody's going to be watching – uh, college basketball and the NFL, and then the NFL will be done. But conference play, I can't wait. I'm excited. As do, um, as do I. So let's go ahead and uh, start wrapping this thing up. We've been here long enough talking. You know, real quick, an update on our weekly pickums. This week we did um, we did double points just because of the holidays and no, the, it was like ten games and the ten games, games, and it just wasn't a typical week. I promise you, this week's gonna be back. Because there's a lot of slate of conference yeah, games. Game so we did double that. points and an update. Top three. Um, you've got Derek Smith and hey, hey, it's me. It's me. It's JWB. Me and Derek Smith are tied at the top of the leaderboard of 63. 63 points. And then Bryce Burton, who we just aforementioned, he's yep. in second place with 62. 62 points. Let me just say, looking at these, the race is close. Oh, yeah. Oh, and there's some four weeks down, um, nine weeks to go. As the way I had it figured up, 13 weeks in regular season for conference tournaments and all that stuff. So uh, there's a lot of points to be had. And we're going to do at least one more throughout the year where it does double points. A lot of points to be had. We've got some stuff we're working on for some fun packages the winner's going to get. And let me just say this. and Obviously, I'd, if I was to win the points or Peyton was to come back and win, we're not going to not give a gift out. Yeah. I, That's yeah. important. I don't want people to think, like, if I was to win fair and square and be like, oh, man, it would, I'm still going to give, I'll give second place the package. Or I'll buy you. So, so that way you guys are still going to get something. Yeah. Okay? 
That's fair. So it's going to be like that. Even yeah. if I, I mean, I might win and get the trophy or whatever. I'm going to try to, I am trying to get a trophy done, by the way, that a traveling would, trophy. But hopefully I do win. I like, I'm a competitor. I like to win. And everybody sees my pick. So it's not like there's cheating or nothing like it. But yeah. if for some reason Peyton or I were to win this thing, then I promise <laughs> you, second place or whoever is getting a gift bath. So, or a gift basket of stuff. So I promise. Um, you get a participation award. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, we don't do that. Um, but yeah, with that being said, go ahead and close, man. As we turn towards 2019, again, we can't say thank you enough. We again, we're at the Kentucky Louisville game. Get back last night. We've added like another eight members, guys. Thank you. We're getting business cards made to make it easier to promote ourselves. You guys want some? Pass them out. Talk to people. Go to ball games. I encourage you. And I know money's tight. And I know this. You don't have to go to like a Purdue or Indiana, Kentucky, Louisville, Duke, Carolina. Guys, we've got, if you live in the state of Indiana or if you live wherever you live at and you're listening to this, there's college games to be had. Even if it's not D1, <laughs> go to a junior college because it's everything college basketball. Go to a women's game. Go to NAIA. Go to D2, D3. Guys, there's college games everywhere. There's talent everywhere. Go take your family. Go take your friends. Go take make memories. And when you do, support us. Take yeah. our cards. Spread the word of mouth. Do live videos. Take ownership. There's games to be had. It may not be this year when we break. It may not even be next year. But here soon. We're going to all break free, and we're all going to experience and reap the benefits. I promise you, you guys are the reason we keep doing this. I say it every week. But as we move forward in 2019, 2019 is going to be a year of growth for all of us, and 2019 is going to be a great year for all of us college basketball fans, and more importantly, all of us here at Everything College Basketball, both the group and the podcast. There's so many good things on the horizon that we're working towards together as a collective unit for 2019 that I get excited even just thinking about it. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Yep. And I'll say this before we go. Uh, I want all of you guys to have a happy new year. Spend time with your family. Don't get too drunk or do whatever you want to. I don't care. Um, I just want to say this real quick. I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining the group, participating in the game threads, pickums, all of that. Go to a college basketball game, D1, D2, D3, whatever it is, Juco College, like Josh says, women's, anything. Spread the word, take off a business college, just get the word out, help us, and we'll help you. Show support to Wayne and his music, uh, Conrad and his uh, wrestling podcast. We're all in this together, we're all in here to grow and show our love for college basketball. And just for that, I want to thank all of you guys, and yeah, that's all I got to say. We'll see you guys in 2019. And for one last time in 2018, this has been Josh Boyton. This is Peyton Burton. And we will catch you in 2019. Boom!